This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 264. I'm your host, Brian. Joining this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. I am adrift and dumbfounded, head on hard pillow, waiting for sleep. Ian is with us. I am watching the cold bleakness of the universe outside my house. We're in the middle of a blizzard here in Denver right now. It's actually kind of a fun to watch. We were supposed to have it started yesterday, but it kind of really didn't get it going good, good till this morning where snow actually started accumulating. So obviously you could lose power and the pipes could freeze all of a sudden and, you know, we'd lose you, I imagine. Uh, oh, no. Um, here in Colorado, they actually, you know, are, are a socialistic um, <laughs> system that keeps us down by maintaining um, – Basic infrastructure so that we, that never happens. <laughs> yeah, so the workers don't rise up. That makes sense. Yeah. And Mad Cat is with us. Hello, I'm no longer drinking Coke. Wait a minute. I never drank Coke in the first place. I don't drink Do you snort cola. Coke, don't you? Mm, no. <laughs> and we have the dumbass himself. The pie is truth. <laughs> wow. wow. Can, can you guess which pie? But is, is the cake a lie? I'm not here to talk about that. Can you guess which pie? 3.14. That, that's just nonsense, Brian. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the, the answer was oh, banana cream. Okay. You all lose, not just at this game, but at life. <laughs> that's hey. nothing new. Uh, you, can always have a, you can always have a pie ball python. You know, I, I think the thing that is actually a lie is the, the pi r squared thing. Because pi are not square. Pi are round. Cornbread are square. I did round cornbread. How's everybody doing? Doing okay. Doing Doing okay. Listening to new music. Oh, wow. So you guys are, it's a, yeah, I I was looking at the weather because, you know, my mom told me you guys were having a blizzard. It's like, you know, if that happened down here, you know, all of a sudden, we 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 might as well just yeah. You know, it'd be even too cold for the zombies to get us at that point. You know, <laughs> yeah. The zombies up in Colorado are much more hardy than the zombies down here. What do you think are your chances of of uh, rigging up a dog sled with your current level of handiness? Oh, I I mean I'm I'm I you know sure. I don't know where I'm going to get the dogs though. You know, dogs that pull sleds live in cold climates. They're not going to just come down here for one storm. <laughs> Oh, you probably have huskies down there. <laughs> Somebody's got one panting away in a car somewhere. Yeah. Are you suggesting that huskies migrate? <laughs> or you could always have a polar bear. Those are very helpful. I think my, my cousin has Malamutes, and she, you know she lives up there in Colorado. And those dogs, it, you know, it, it'll be zero degrees outside. They'll be outside just laying down in the snow, and, you know, they won't come inside. <laughs> too hot inside yeah my daughter's got uh two peers so two great pyrenees and they're like that they're mountain dogs yeah they are gorgeous dogs they are (laughs) also dangerously intelligent dogs Uh uh-oh i've been on the phone with her i was on the phone with her one day she was leaving her car talking with me walking into the house and i hear on the phone Oh my God! What did you guys? Why are there? Why is there trash all over the floor? Why is the refrigerator door open? <laughs> yep. And then followed shortly by, "Okay, I need to let you go." Coda ate a whole package of bologna. I need to deal with this. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, uh, my mom has Bashans, not smart dogs. I believe the Pyrenees was also has also been uh, used for um, the same as Saint Bernard's going out and rescue people in the snow. Mm. Yep. Yeah, they could. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't see that. Which, uh, you know, it, which is actually kind of sad because using those Saint Bernards for rescue, it's ridiculous how many of them ended up in uh, in AA because of carrying the brandy cask. Yep. All those little brandy casks, those poor dogs. Except there was no brandy in that cask. That's the unfortunate part of that, that whole story. Well, the reason that there was no brandy in the cask is the same reason why so many of them had <laughs> been AA. So, all right. Well, I see that Georgie and Armand are not on vacation this week, so we can move right along, can't we? <laughs> yeah, no, no new writings to pimp right now. All right. Up the second novel. <laughs> I did notice, Ian, that you were asking that people use their stimulus checks to help a struggling writer. Is that what you're going to be doing? Um, my stimulus check is going fully to help a struggling writer. I, I can say that 110 honestly. The whole amount of it is going to be helping a, str- a struggling writer. So <laughs> be helping to stimulate the struggling writer? As stimulated as I can get anymore, but yeah. I'm asking if you're <laughs> buying sex toys. <laughs> For that stimulus check? It, I mean, I assume that's what it's for, right? It says right on there, stimulus. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought, but no one in this group I hang out with caught that one. <laughs> getting my stimulus check soon. I know I'm getting mine tonight. <laughs> and, well, next podcast, I may have some interesting observations from a party I'm going to next weekend. All right. That could be very stimulating, but... <laughs> Well, we'll uh, check you on that. You know, see, that brings up an interesting yeah, question: Is the stimulus check just a just a Czechoslovakian national who comes who shows up with a dildo? <laughs> they want to check you out. All right. Also, about about uh, about your party, uh, Ian. Will it be an appropriately socially distanced uh, orgy? That's going to be messy. <laughs> but that brings us to our next segment dumbass uh, oh uh, should am i doing the announcing now well i i mean you know since you gave me such a hard time about you know you know browbeating your cousin yeah it's you <laughs> wait did i give you a hard time about that <laughs> yes you did oh, okay oh, are you am <laughs> No, no. Actually, you you can both do it. I, I think I think I think if you can bring it together in unison to interdeck, introduce this next segment, I, I think that in that's that, yes. I would really like to. I'd, I'd like you to come together in harmony and introduce this next segment. All right, all right. Uh, you you start, cuz. Okay, and now we have Ian and dumbasses. Masturbation moment brought to you by. The Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. I actually gotta say, I like that. 
that was not a harmony. That was more like a round. It doesn't matter. It was very yeah, good. Complete rubbish. I yeah. <laughs> uh, complete garbage. We <laughs> sucked, but we should use it anyway. <laughs> That's about right for this podcast. <laughs> it, it, it met the standards of this podcast. We're good. <laughs> Masturbating for a hangover? I mean, yeah, but really? Well, uh, you can probably picture it. Uh, I can is, picture uh, it a little more. <laughs> You, 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 of course, I, I imagine all you, you all and all of our viewers right now are imagining every single one of us uh, masturbating at this moment. <laughs> right. Because um, I don't have aphantasia, this, so I can do that. Right. This is an article about, now, of course, a lot of it is uh, a little anecdotal because um, I think about uh, different types of uh, hangover cures that people have tried. And uh, one of them is masturbation, a good organ. Some people swear by it, apparently. Uh, others, uh, even ones who, uh, who don't uh, say that it completely uh, makes them feel better, say it like, reduces uh, hangover symptoms, uh, apparently an average of 25%. So there is some uh, scientific backing to this. Uh, there's, um, uh, I'll, I'll read you this quote by uh, Dr. Ashley Winter, board-certified urologist and uh, co-host of a podcast, called The Full Release, uh, which is about uh, health and dating. She says, Ultimately, there are physical benefits from sexual activity, whether you have sex with a partner or sex with your hand. Studies indicate that sexual activity is associated with release of stimulatory neurochemicals such as dopamine and neuroepinephrine, release of oxytocin and uh, vasopressin has have been associated with pain relieving effect and activation of brain opioid and endocannabinoid receptors. Vaso, vasopressin is uh, I believe uh, vasal vasal dilation or uh, vasal expansion va- oh, vein expansion. Okay. Vasal, so okay. so and that's that's also the same reason why I, I've heard it recommended for migraines as well. Here's my question about that, though. So, you know, a lot of times there's that, you know, that whole that there's when you're aroused, there's certain endorphins and stuff like that, that that will will block pain receptors during that period. But after orgasm, that stuff tends to go away. So so is it is it would it be good for a headache during arousal? And then after orgasm, is it likely to come back after orgasm? Because because all of those endorphins and everything are are gone now. Maybe. Lunging bit afterwards, and then it starts to come back. That's what I. That's I what I'm wondering. Any kind of that's like what um, what's the? That's what they put out for fibromyalgia too. Is you know that's one of the ways to get some relief for a bit. Right. So I, I, person, I personally find that with any kind of temporary pain, like a headache or something, especially if it's not based on something actually going on with your body, but just based on stuff that being like happening around uh like with stress and other other stuff on your body uh it, it seems to me like uh once you, once you get the uh, actual pain down to a certain level it it'll tend to stay like not all the time but it tends to like stay stay that lower or go away on its own because you know a lot of it is i think a a self-building cycle hmm. okay i'm just wondering if that we, if we should you know instead of encouraging you know masturbating to orgasm that we should be encouraging edging and maintaining you know that that, that you know that 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 arousal <laughs> and uh, and so you keep it away longer maybe 
You know what? We, we should we should propose that some scientists study this. How well uh, it worked, whether whether an orgasm uh, works better for relieving pain or whether edging for a prolonged period of time is better for it. I, I, that, there I you see. go. That's the study I want to see. See, Brian, I'm disappointed because I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna advocate that that when the pain starts to come back, you just masturbate again. I mean, that, 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 okay, but how many times can you do that? I mean, especially as you get older. I mean, yeah, I was going to say not as many times as when I was younger. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so that treatment's great for you know for a twenty-year-old, but for a fifty-year-old. So are we saying that Viagra is a hangover cure? Ah, <laughs> nice. There we go. But, but, but that, but sometimes that could be erection with without stimulation, right? I mean, you might you might walk around erect, but you know you're already done. You know, and all if, new marketing campaign yeah, for them. <laughs> if you have a hangover lasting more than four hours, exactly, you should contact your doctor. <laughs> what is the, the other crazy cures that that people had suggested in here? I know that there's one that involves a uh, crapload of hot sauce. What's this Dr Pepper and milk thing? I haven't heard of that, but apparently some people chug Dr Pepper and milk as a t- uh, uh, hangover cure. I've had a Dr Pepper shake. That was pretty good. Yeah. So, so carb loading, uh, I guess, uh, is another option that people are suggesting here. So, so well, a lot spaghetti. of it seems to be about depressing the system. So, well, I, th- um, I think it said even in here that the masturbation really isn't a cure, right? It's more of just a, it's just more of just covering some of the symptoms that they're yeah, still. Yeah, it's just it, going to uh, take it, time leaving the hydrate a little bit. Yeah, probably won't cure it unless you're like, uh, or unless like. Man, like maybe it will for some people. Some people uh, um, respond more to uh, orgasms than if it's not a bad hangover, right? Maybe. You know, what I find works best for a hangover. Just don't watch the movie. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> don't get drunk in the first place. So we're on the same page there. Well, what? there's always the beer and tomato juice. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe oh, that's okay. it. <laughs> All right, so here's a hangover cure. These are this is backed by science, or you no? Know, this is ranging from chugging a glass of pickle juice to rubbing a lemon in your armpit before drinking. Uh, six science-backed ways: good, eat good breakfast, plenty of sleep, okay, stay hydrated, have a drink the next morning, the hair of the dog, uh, supplements like red ginseng, prickly pear, ginger, borage oil, and eleuthero. And avoid drinks with congeners, which I don't know what that means. Uh, toxic chemical byproducts. Okay. All right, but I anyway. kind of like I, I, I kind of like to hear the more crazy uh, hangover here. Like, yeah, exactly. Does so that require I me to, that, to rub my head with a squirrel's butthole? I've never yeah, well, it's a one. it's a badger. Think, though, it's a badger's the butthole. The, the basis in the pickle juice one is that if you drink a glass of pickle juice. First thing in the morning after a hangover, you can almost be guaranteed that nothing worse is going to happen to you the day, during the day. <laughs> My father's done that. Ultimately, I think that the, that there is no real cure for a hangover other than time and water. Yeah. Or just or just you know watch your drinking in the first place. You know. And, and as I've gotten older, that's you know easier to do. I you know I mean when you're younger, I think that that, he, that drinking to excess is you know part of the plan. But as I've gotten older, it's not. So are you telling me I should let this world go? Yeah, because you really need a you really need to sniff a badger's asshole. Oh, yeah. the there? Or you know, if you're if you're up in Canada, a wolverine's. 
Snipe hunts. That's the only real cure for hangover. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think hangover. I think it, I think it's always interesting, but uh, I think that you can mask the symptoms. But I'm not sure that you can actually. But I mean, maybe uh, who knows? Whatever makes you feel better. All you want is mask the Yeah, that's probably true. Go away. Yeah. Um, or just for a while to get some relief. I don't know. Are hangovers even real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Believe me, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Hangovers are, but really birds aren't. I've only had one. I, I, I can definitely say that. I've not been one to ever have a hangover. Do not get a hangover the day, uh, the day for the day of when you're taking a two-day bus trip. It's not fun. All right. But hangovers might be real, but are birds but real? It's real. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things when I found it, I was like, wait, what the hell? And it, 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 it's a real movement. It's called Birds Aren't Real. And these people wait, actually oh, hold on. money hold on. on a second. Oh, no. Wait, what? Hold on. What? Hold on. Objection. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> what, what would the government get out of having birds showing up at m- mysterious times saying things like nevermore at appropriately <laughs> dramatic moments. That doesn't oh, make sense. Well, no, see, the Poe's Raven existed before the birds were no longer real. All right, all right. All right. Y- but back, see, back uh, to the story here. <laughs> Tell me what's going on. Okay, okay. We're, you, 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 it, it's too early to uh, go off on a tangent because I don't even know what this thing is. <laughs> okay, so the, the, these people, and then what was was the, the video of a guy being interviewed in front of a billboard. They actually spent money on a billboard that yes. says birds aren't real. And okay. you, you start looking more into it. These people are actually invested in this. And it, it, it's one of those, you know, you're trying to piece it all together. It gets weirder the more you put it together. Now, on the official website, what they're claiming is that um, the U.S. government killed over 12 billion birds from 1959 to 2001. In 2001, officially, all birds in the United States were replaced with drones. Well, but the problem and is that they keep coming over from Canada, right? <laughs> yeah, so so, passenger pigeons. Yeah. It has gone worldwide, but um, it, so all the birds we see now are drones. But the reason they have meat is because of the technology of cloning meat. And the reason why if you hit one, you won't find wires and stuff is because they're based on future technology that has organic circuitry and stuff. All right. So they went to the future, too. So, so here, yeah, here, they, they have future technology. In 1947, there we go. the CIA was founded. Its sole responsibility to watch and survey tens of thousands of Americans suspected of doing communist things. This orchestrated stalking academic went on for almost five years, and a few were found guilty of any real crimes. However... It became clear in the early 1950s that the threat of communism was only going to rise and a broader system was needed to track any individual who was suspected of such activity. The fears were only encouraged when in 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were wrongly arrested and convicted of espionage against the United States, accused of spying on behalf of the Soviet Union. 
This highly publicized event gave the government a small window to implement a new program that would place the first CCTV surveillance cameras in areas with high Russian immigrant concentration. So that's how they open up the beginnings of the conspiracy, according to the history page on their official site. In, in, dramatic voice. <laughs> Dude. Boom, boom, boom. So, so you, you, they have the history. They have um, uh, frequently asked questions. Everything else. Everything about the site is set up to be serious, and everything you can find about it, except for the weird thing is, I found one interview where they talk, talk to the leaders. Because so basically, um, you know, something like this, you have groups around the country, and all the groups have their own little leaders and stuff. Well, in one of the interviews, the leaders seem a bit torn because you actually get some people saying um, that this is a satire, that this is, you know, they're doing the satire just to mock the um, conspiracy theories in general and everything else. But then you get the others say, oh, no, this is completely serious. We, we, honestly, we believe in all this stuff. This is the truth. And so even within the organization, it sounds like they're not quite sure what they're about. Yeah. It, it's some of the well, weirdest stuff I've seen with this. But, I mean, the main thing is is is, is the the ideas that they're killing off the birds and replacing them with these drones that have 5K cameras. And they've killed off the birds. Right, they're killing All off the birds and replacing birds them. are actually drones as well. Okay, so... Don't, so any bird you see out there, damn guys, get, guys, guys. That big one that lives on that street, that big yellow one, what kind of convert <laughs> government shenanigans is he up to? <laughs> I, I, I got a feeling that big one's under a lot of surveillance regularly. <laughs> yeah. So I have a, I have a, a history-based question to ask about this whole, uh, you know, essentially it, it calls back to the government wiping out 12 billion birds. Well, that was that was just in um, in the 1970s, right? Right, but it it goes it calls back to that. So, um, in 1932, wow, Australian cool. troops, Australian Army troops, under the command of Major G. P. W. Meredith of the Seventh Heavy Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery, were called in to essentially kill emus. So, right? 2,500 rounds were expended. And possibly fifty birds were wounded or killed. How many rounds? Two thousand five hundred. And they only killed fifty. Yep. Emus are a so. Um, I guess. <laughs> I guess the question I'm asking is, how exactly did we manage to kill twelve billion oh, birds? Oh, okay. So let me let, let let's let's go back to our history. So in the nineteen, it, it was a, they, they they bought a whole bunch of B fifty twos and they and they and they and they basically painted them you know to disguise them so they could fly and, and then they put you know a lot of suppressors on their sound so they could fly at about three thousand feet and which is they they would put out this um this they called it, they they went back to being poison and a virus but essentially they were putting this virus into the into into the atmosphere and when it would touch the birds the birds would become infected with the virus. That, that would kill them, but they could also pass that virus on to other birds at the same time. And, and, and but, it, but it wouldn't affect anything other than birds because of, you know, where it was put into the atmosphere and some things like that. So that's how they were able to do it. Mm. Well, that and makes sense, but actually... I have another question. I, I have another question. If the government <laughs> is controlling uh, all the birds, what does the government have against green pigs? Because it, because it, it works the birds huh. up into a rage over these uh. things. Uh 
an absolute rage, I tell you. Um, and uh, what's the government feel on that? Um, that um, wasn't covered I, I in the. Uh, the site goes into video the, games. The site doesn't. The site doesn't cover that, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 uh, why are the oh, birds still angry if they've been replaced? I I understand what you, where you're going with that. Yeah, so it, it, really what, uh, it, it gets pretty elaborate. But and then, of course, you know, one of the reasons for the Vietnam War is to take advantage of the fact that um, that all these all these birds had to be built out of aluminum, and so to get the aluminum, they needed bauxite. And and because Viet uh, Vietnam is a uh, has a large cache of bauxite, they were able to go in and take over areas, mine the bauxite to get the aluminum they needed to build the birds. Okay. So now, see that's that's bullshit right there. Because I happen to know, after uh, years of observation of parakeets, that they're actually made out of titanium and carbon fiber. The new ones, but this was back in the seventies. Stupid. Oh, so I have another history-based question. <laughs> oh, boy. To ask about the situation. Uh, in 1958, China, under Chairman Mao Zedong, ordered the extermination of several pests, including sparrows. Okay. So the uh, tampering with the ecosystem and wiping out the sparrows. Let's see. What was the ecological disaster that Captain... Uh, um, well, well no, according okay. to um, this site, the Chinese government has openly admitted to surveillance drones disguised as birds. So, okay, okay, but why? Okay, one, anyway, of, one of my big it, problems. It led to it led to a famine because the birds were not eating insects. Well, that's that, okay. The, the whole thing is that if if any of this was true, killing off that many birds and replacing them with robots would would be a would be an ecological disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it would, I mean, the, the repercussions of that, it's not just, it's all sorts of insects and, 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 you know, and other, you know, um, yeah, plus, you know, fruits and all sorts of stuff that would suffer, you know, um, oh, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, but the drones are made to, to do exactly the same things as a regular birds. So like, but they're not, I mean, so what's so, insects and crap on cars. <laughs> right, I mean, part no, of no, what... no. The crap is oil leaks. It even says so in the <laughs> um, frequently asked question but, area. But why the hell would you kill off all the birds? They just implement your robots. If your robots are that good, just let them go live with the birds. Go live with the other yeah. birds, and the, and then that provides cover. I mean, this this uh, I don't know. This thing is so stupid. Yeah, right? and you know what's actually far smarter is you don't make robot birds. You genetically engineer birds instead that will breed with regular bird populations and essentially uh, breed in new directives and new intelligence and capabilities. Brian, are you implying that conspiracy theorists don't have huge <laughs> gaps in their logic and thinking? You know, they, they, I, I think we're implying that conspiracy <laughs> theorists may not be as creative or as thoughtful as we are. So then, I, so, I, I, then I, I, I'd, be, I'd be thinking about it. Think about this for a second. Zazu is always following uh, around uh, the King of the Lines uh, and, uh, you know, telling him what he needs to do. He doesn't have a clipboard on him or anything. He's just making this. He's the one really in power there, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, probably. But on the other hand, Zazu is played by the same actor who plays Mr. Bane. So... Uh... Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> The uh, newest Zazu is uh, John Oliver. Okay. 
So, I haven't seen that one. So, of course, they all the people building these drones don't remember doing it because they were all tripping balls. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they would okay. go find people that, you know, apparently that could so, build these things and then they would drug them, get them to build a bunch of stuff. But because they were because they were so drugged me, while they were doing it, they don't remember. Up. Let me sum up then. Oh, okay. So we have aluminum drones covered in 3D printed meat. Well, there's no 3D printers. They're all they're robotic. They're not, you know, cyborgs. No, no. Right. Um, but they're but they're edible. So they are made by they're made out of 3D printed <laughs> meat. Oh well. So they're 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 robotic drones covered in 3D printed meat, um, designed and built by people taking hallucinogens. Okay. Yeah. So I guess yep. that explains yep. I get I guess that explains the more colorful parrots. <laughs> but um Well, no, these aren't parrots. I, these are these are U.S. In birds. retrospect, I guess it explains the flamingo too. <laughs> and it would explain how they're able to eat uh, hot hot chilies. So right. Well, that well, does explain <laughs> that they're robots. Right. So okay, but hold on. Go on to the the article that, that I think you should go on to at this point is um. You see, our uh, birds are birds aren't real is a conspiracy theory mocking QAnon. I think that right, that... and that's. The one I was talking about where you have the interviews with the people leading and half of them are saying, oh no, this is completely serious. And the other is saying this yeah. is just us be, um, doing satire. And they can't even agree with each other. And that, that's where really, to me, like, okay, what is... Go- you know, do, do we have a bunch of serious people that started this and then these other guys come and said, oh, this is great satire. I want to be part of it. And they don't necessarily get on the same page. Yeah, That's what it feel, felt like in some of the interview stuff I saw in that. I mean, th- nothing about this comes off as anything but satire. Yeah, that, that's the thing. But you have people, you know, claim, no, no, we are serious. It's like, really? Yeah, no, we're serious. Are you serious? You're serious? Oh, we're completely serious. The flat Earth oh, okay. stuff was satire in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually starting to get on board. I mean, if this is, if these are, if these are machines covered with meat, then. We're talking Terminators, which is technically future technology. Little Terminators. Yep. Terminators. And, you know, um, there's surveillance and then there's uh, there's shock troops like the cassowary. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This, the, the, I, I, I really, I mean, it's so satirical. But they put, And they put a lot of work into, you know, putting it together on their site. Um, and that's one of the things that blows me away. If, if, this, real, if, if this was started as pure satire, these people are dedicated. Well, and they're, yeah. like I said, they're doing billboards and stuff. They're invested highly sure. in it on a level that it's like, you know, if, if you were just having fun with it, uh, this is a bit extreme. Well, but on the other hand, if you're having fun with it, half the fun is not, half the fun is spreading it around and seeing how far it goes. Yeah. And of course, it shouldn't be any surprise to anyone. They do have their own um, store. You can buy um, clothing and stuff, and stickers, and all sorts of yeah. fun apparel. And well, promote the birds aren't real. The one thing that they have over QAnon is they have an official page. QAnon doesn't have an official page, so that moron over at Fox News isn't even sure they're real. <laughs> which oh God, what, what, um, I forget which moron it was. It wasn't Hannity. It's one of the other morons. Oh, uh, quick, quick side, quick, quick side note. Um, you know that uh, Trump got kicked off of Twitter, yeah. and you know that Trump got kicked off of Facebook, and you know that Trump got kicked off that whatever that other 
platform was that that the insurrectionists used. You know where his people are at now, right? Well, they're back at um, uh, that one platform that went down for a little while. Um, Parlor. They're also on Grinder, <laughs> and Grinder is saying, "Yeah, we'll keep him on here. We'll keep him on here." Ironically. <laughs> but, so, if, if you're interested in seeing an interesting, possibly conspiracy theory, possibly just, uh, you know, overly done satire, this is one of those things that definitely is, is amusing and can, can get you looking into some odd stuff for a few hours. Yeah. Definitely quite a few of reads. Is it satire or is it just plain bird shit crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here, what I was referring to is Tucker Carlton suggests that QAnon doesn't really exist because it doesn't have an official website. (laughs) So, so birds aren't real is one step above QAnon in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Tucker Carlson, you know, a great thinker he is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... All right. Well, we live in a crazy world. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. So, but um, yeah, it led me to a couple of things. Um, well, yeah. So one of, one of the I, I guess so we get you know related to this because when when I was when I was researching this is when I found this this one about the CIA reveals a bird like drone that it was building in the 1970s. Now th- this is no what's interesting about this is that. Here's something they were actually trying to build in the 1970s, and they didn't quite have all the technology to make it work, right? But we're supposed to b- believe that they built a whole bunch of small bird drones. Um, well, they, they, were, they were also trying to um, put sensors in pigeons' heads and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the technology do, doesn't exist now to do what they're talking about, right? I mean, no. we're getting there with enough AI technology, but it just doesn't exist. But so this particular drone... Uh, was called Aqualite, and uh, it gives the dimensions here. It was, um, let's see, and it, but it, and it was recently declassified. They're working on it out in uh, Area 51. This was going to have a nuclear, um, uh, a nuclear power plant on it, and apparently they they said it could operate for like 120 days. In which case, and at that time, you know, they would pick it up with a helicopter, so it would fly around, and then they would come back, and, and they would pick it up with a helicopter. Um, but but there there's some issues with it. Um, well, okay, it said it would have a range of about twelve thousand miles. That but without GPS, there it had no way to navigate. So it okay. couldn't be. They couldn't have. They couldn't have made it autonomous at that time because that we didn't because we were missing GPS. So they were. So one of the things that they were suggested they would do is look for is you know um, it would could navigate by landmarks. You know, so train tracks and different things like that. It's the same as a regular bird. Sure, more like that. We we don't know how birds navigate. It's probably a lot more complicated than we can imagine. I I would probably agree with that. Yeah, but I mean, we I think that using landmarks is something that they're probably capable of doing. Yeah, no, I don't I don't doubt that birds recognize landmarks, but I don't think that's what it's all based on. So, um, let's see, the solution was a. Uh, a prop-driven drone designed to soar like a bird um, from a from a distance. It was indistinguishable from a ordinary vulture or, or um, vulture or a buzzard buzzards. Okay. So so, but I think it was it was so. But yeah, but it was still prop-driven, right? So and they would so they would fly it at certain heights so that you yeah, couldn't hear and it. Yeah, it would never flap though. It would never flap. Well, but a, but but neither were the vultures soaring. Yeah, vultures do 
vultures do soar, but every once in a while, they do still flap their damn wings. Okay, but you, you'd have to be watching pretty close, but sure. Yeah, that would be a giveaway. Yeah, so this is it's kind of it's kind of neat looking, but the idea, but but that's exactly what it was designed to do is is act as a surveillance drone. But it was eventually um, in 1973 uh, the the program was was uh, shut down. Uh, but they've been trying to do these things kinds of things for a long time, right? I don't know. I just it just uh, it's interesting that when I was looking around, you know, and I was looking up the code names that they were using for uh, the uh, and the other one that I was finding actual you know actual stuff that kind of linked back to the code names and stuff that they were trying to do at the time that that they declassified that was a failure, right? And this yeah. is an actual document that you can go look at from the CIA. It isn't it isn't like birds aren't real that has nothing to to substantiate what well, they're doing. But- but I think, though, Brian, what you're not looking at here and what you need to look at is the fact that um, if birds aren't if birds aren't real, had were not on the track of something, the CIA wouldn't have released this whole smoke thing, smoke screen thing about Project Aqualine. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> they wouldn't have released this thing about a, a failed surveillance drone if birds aren't real weren't on the track of the real ones. So the the big bombshell in the new documents is the I can re- play conspiracy theory. <laughs> is a re- is a re- is the uh, revelation of, of of plans to upgrade uh, plans to upgrade the atomic power plant. The original was a three point five horsepower engine originally uh, developed for uh, for a chainsaw. In the CIA's plans to replace this with something more. Futuristic, it um, see it anticipated the first R and D flight settings of a vehicle uh, combining a radio, radio, telos, radio isoscope propulsion system uh, with a radioactive isotrope. Yeah, radio um, says a radioisotope propulsion system. Yeah, so it'd be a radioactive isotope. So basically, and this would operate for 120 days. So the original one wouldn't because it was running off of a chainsaw engine. But the upgrade, they figured it could run for 120 days using this iso- um, this radioisotope propulsion system. The issue, of course, is that that with this kind of stuff has never been, um, you know, NASA uses the these kinds of uh, these kinds of power plants for drones that we're sending into space. And you know, just like the you know the um, the rover that we just put on Mars has. Has a nuclear power plant. They've never been uh, ra- they've never been licensed to operate, you know, over over land. You know, with those original engines, Brian, they could the drones could never land in trees. Yeah, because it would just take them right down, huh? Yeah, yeah. Chainsaw, Chainsaw engine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this, I mean, this is a, this is actually kind of a, a cool thing that that the CIA was working on, um, and it's just funny that the time frame kind of matches up with you know where the birds aren't real kind of people kind of you know start taking off yeah it it is it is it is interesting i do find it so all right i i've got a, i've got another one here I, that it, well well hold on oh, okay. I, I do have a i do have one question project aqualine is what this is called i thought so yeah unless i'm saying i, it wrong. I thought that uh i i thought that uh i thought that that was just a song about a uh a bum watching the uh watching the kids at school no. Okay. Never mind. I know, I know this song. Oh my god! It's... That was Aqualung. Aqualung. Yeah. Okay. Aqualung. Aqualung. Yep. Because he seizes his la- his rattling last breaths with deep sea diver f- sounds. So, do you guys know what Aphantasia is? Aphantasia. I've heard of it. What yeah. Now? Aphantasia. 
I heard of it as aphantasia. Maybe it is aphantasia. I don't know. Maybe it's aphantasia. I remember reading an article about it, and that's and he did a phonetic thing about it, and I thought it was aphantasia. Okay, I thought it was aphantasia. I thought that. I thought that. I think I know what aphantasia is, but it's an inability to appreciate some of Disney's early. Early, early, <laughs> really low-hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah, I will pick the low-hanging fruit. Okay, I thought it was aphantasia. I'm not sure it could. If we go the way, I, I think it is aphantasia. Yeah. Either way, what, you might be right. Well, what what they, what they, they another another um another thing they call it is mind blindness, and people who have aphantasia are don't are unable to to develop pictures in their heads of things. Um, my yeah. youngest daughter has has aphantasia, and. And so, famously, Pendulette has uh, aphantasia. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not well, know. That. He's famous. I don't know if he's not famous for his uh, aphantasia, but he has mentioned it. Okay. So it, it, it comes in different forms too. So I mean, it it, it affects well, people it differently. Can, it, it can be. Uh, it can re- manifest as like face blindness, where you don't recognize. You don't necessarily recognize different people. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, it's aphantasia. Yeah, is that something different? I think that's something different. Completely different. Okay. Thing, yeah. No, that right. that that that. I thought that was part of mind blindness, but no, 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 no. This is just people who like you tell them to picture an apple in their head, and, and they can't they can't picture an apple in their head. Right. right. And, and, and it, it also interferes with memory to a certain extent. I yeah. So what they what they did is that they they, they would um, in this particular test they would. They would take. They essentially read a story, or I, I don't know if they read it or it was read to them. I imagine they read it, a scary story, and and they would and they would try and they would use that to judge the um um uh whether people got how scared people would get. And so so when when they're measuring that kind of stuff with the skin, um, that when you become more emotional, you become you 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 conduct a current better. And what they found was that people who had aphantasia and couldn't build those build those um, visuals in their head were less likely to become scared by something um, than somebody who mm-hmm. could do that. Okay. Well, yeah, it kind of made sense. And um, the control on this is that they would show people, you know, the actual visual visuals of scary stuff, and people with aphantasia would become just as scared as everybody else in those circumstances. But but if they had to but but if they had to come up with the images in their own head they were they were unable to do that and as a result they they were they were you know th- those kinds of things would less would be less scary to them. Apparently, some people with aphantasia don't like don't like to read um, fiction and stuff like that because they just don't they, they seem to get less out of right. it than other people. And, and that makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm wondering if they don't have, um you know, looking and thinking about it. It sounds like they really don't have much in the way of imagination. Um, like, uh, they don't have a mind that they can't like. I yeah. mean, uh, like it, it depends on what you mean by imagination, but uh, yeah, um, well, they can't envision things that aren't real. That they have a hard sure. time, you know, you know, saying it. You know, you you, you describe something to them, it it doesn't. They don't like yeah. it because. And it, I, I, I believe I believe they don't uh, they don't dream either. Then that okay. Now this article says some do and some don't. So like oh, I say, okay. it it's it, it, it. There's no. There's no um, a board straight across the board. If you have aphantasia, this is necessarily true. Apparently, it affects okay. different people in different ways. But yeah, I would I imagine that's it's true. Only recently, being uh, diagnosed as a thing. 
Yeah, but in, in here it does say that that's you know that that um, I think not dreaming was one of the things that they that they did mention. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, you got to imagine that's probably true. That that you know that I mean, but their brains are still thinking, but they wouldn't see any pictures. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, I don't know. I it, thought it, that was it'd interesting. Be inter- it'd be interesting to see them write, try and write a story because being a writer, you, you have to be visual. You have to be able to describe things. You yeah. have to be able to picture the people that uh, that I read on it was by a, a writer who was talking about that. So, Although, like, uh, I read this years ago, so I'm not, uh, I, I don't have the uh, link to it or anything. But you picture them needing the, the visual stuff. They, they could not describe a house unless they physically were able to have the house in front of them. Yeah. You know, they, they'd not be able, you know, they, they definitely, as a writer, they'd need a full on mock up of what they're describing in order to be able to describe it. So, it says, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, you can think about things in a more abstract way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That doesn't require you to uh, actually uh, uh, have a uh, have a mock-up of the things in order to uh, put to propose an idea out there. So it says... Yeah, but you have to be able to form imagery of it in your mind. You really do. So it says, Aphantasia comes in different shapes and sizes. He says, some people have no image, no visual imagery, while others have uh, no immer- uh, immersive ones, or okay. others have or other senses. So some people dream while others don't. So there's there's no there's the, it, the, there's different. It seems to be like there's different levels of it. Maybe it's a spectrum. Yeah, we got people with uh, uh, the ability to form images in their mind's eye. We all have uh, uh, different uh, abilities to do that. Oh, yeah. Different uh, ways that. Uh, uh, we see the uh, images forming in our mind's eye. Yeah, so... What, so, so I actually found a whole article. How do you write with amphitasia? And the guy opens up, if you can't visualize mentally, how can you write? Um, so there's actual stuff about that out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's something I don't know a lot about. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. Right. Yeah, no, I, it is for me. Unitive action. All right, Mac. You know... I, Yes, you get you 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 can you can you got four articles here. Oh, are, are we gonna do Coca-Cola oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about Coca-Cola. Never mind, I'm gonna take I take it back, Mac. Let, let's let um, Mad Cat do Coca-Cola, and but you can and, but after she does Coca-Cola, you get one article. Is that is that okay. work? Go ahead, cool. Yeah, <clears throat> already picked it out. Cool. All right, Mad Cat. Coca-Cola asked their asked the workers to be less white to fight That's racism. Right. Yep. They uh, they wanted their workers to uh, not be what or to be less white. They set up a training session for it. And, yeah, this, this uh, is the company that Coca-Cola hired uh, to do this sensitivity exactly. training, right? Yeah. Coca-Cola had hired this company and afterwards they had to retract that uh, what they had done because they had um they had yeah, to... we, we, should, we should get at what, uh, what the slides, uh, some of the things the slides actually said, because it is kind of uh, inappropriate uh, stuff for, for them to have on there, I think. So, okay, yeah. so it, it sounds like... Listen, believe, break with white solidarity, those were things on the list. Okay, but it sounds like the I, company is aware that it has... Phrasing. Yeah. Okay. The so concept I'm... I understand, but the phrasing no, is where they screwed up. Okay, but I, I, I it's can't. not only the phrasing, it's the factor that they said less white. If you said less black or less 
Latino, yeah. less yeah. any other. Any no, man. no, yeah, it's exactly the 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 same thing. Uh, it, it, it is exactly the same thing as uh, trying to tell a black person to be less black. It's like, wait, you're, you're trying to tell me to be less of the thing that I am. Okay, yeah. But isn't isn't Coca Cola doing this because they're aware that they already have an issue? It's, it's it says here that I mean the first thing is that 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 they have um that they're trying to build more inclusive policies that that eradicate sexism, elitism, and and racial practices. So it sounds like that they're a company that is aware that they already have a problem. Yeah, and, right. and, and that however, and, they, the way they did it was very directional and. Right. Yeah, they, they they should they should have uh, spent more time looking over the material of their perspective okay. uh, sensitivity training company maybe. So so tell me what's in the material. Okay, I have to. Matt, get while you're while you're looking that up. Could I just ask one quick question? Sure. How could they have seen this as becoming anything less than an unmitigated disaster? I'm not sure, but they hired it out, and they said that's the reason it was. Uh, so I'll, I'll read to you the, the thing here. Um, okay. One of the images, uh, oh, for crying out loud, nothing. I have okay. it right here. It, to be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, and break with white solidarity. Less <laughs> defensive. What do you mean by that? Less defensive. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what do you have? What are you? What do you mean, Matt? Yeah. Defensive. Okay. Huh. So. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. It. It. it, it the. The wording is, is very bad. It's equating being white with being oppressive, arrogant, uh, untrusting, defensive. Uh, well, the thing is, in truth, all those things can be done from any side. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter race, gender, sexual orientation. All, you know, you, you can be guilty of all, any of that from no matter you know what your background is. So if you think yeah, the, the, the problem is that yeah, I mean, like they they should have used a better word than white. I mean, okay, yeah. to be less white, that that that's kind of like you you know like uh, that's yeah. equating whiteness with this stuff. Well, they're like, equating whiteness with racist, right? And and that yeah. and, and 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 that is problematic because it and it's well, going it, to cause a problem right from the racist. start. It is racist, sure. But if you take that off, like this slide, if you remove the be less white portion of it and say be less to be less racist, you know, yeah. be less oppressive, be less uh, um, arrogant, be less. Then it's not so bad. Solidarity. Right? There, right. To be less, to be better listener, to be more humble, those are good. Yeah, right. but, in, but, but instead of confronting every, the problem, they, they confronted somebody's this color of somebody's skin, which is exactly the problem in the first place. Right. That's, yeah. yeah. I, that's I understand. Yeah. And of course, I have a problem with calling it woke. It's, it's not necessarily, using that phrase is not being yeah, woke. Using but, that phrase is kind of not understand what being woke is. And being woke to me is not a bad thing. I mean, being woke is being aware of the racial stuff that's going on. As a white person, I want to be woke. I want to be aware of why the Black Lives Matter movement happened. I want to be aware of what these groups are going through and experiencing. And I, I want to hear about it. I want to know about it. I want to be able to sympathize with them. I, I want to have open discussions about the issue. Mm -hmm. so, I have no problem with being woke. This is not woke. This yeah. is going... Yeah, you know, this is something different, something more extreme that doesn't quite work. That, that doesn't. Uh, it, it, it's, like, it's, like trying, it's, it's, it's like trying to fight uh, uh, 
st- trying to fight uh, uh, stereotypes with more stereotypes. With, yeah, uh, yeah. Adding in new stereotypes, yeah. taking yeah. other stereotypes to extremes to say, "Oh, that'll fix the problem." No. So this side, this slide says, yeah. in the U.S. and in other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. Now that right there, that might I, not be wrong. I know. Yeah. I, I cringe over the fact that there are, we know there are pet batches of our society here in the United States that that is one hundred percent accurate. With you know, the thing it, of it is, yeah. I, I think that there is. I think that children three to four instinctively understand that, but I don't think that they necessarily understand that they understand it. Yeah, I, I completely get what you're saying there. Sure. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's one of those things you you don't understand that you're being taught, and I think that's one of the bigger problems with a lot of this stuff is well, um, the families don't realize what they're teaching their kids necessarily because to them it just you know even as adults it's the same thing they don't understand that it, um, that they've been taught that way, and in their minds like no we weren't taught that way it's just the way things are it's like no you had to have been taught that way at some point. Even if you're not aware of where that teaching came from, because it's hard to see and recognize your own privilege. I uh, yeah. I watched I, I watched a video as a while back, and I don't remember who did it, but the whole thing was about teaching people how privilege works, and it was essentially set up as a foot race. Right. And I, they they started off with, okay, you know, everybody's on the same line. Okay, if you have if you grew up here or here take a couple of steps forward. If you grew up with, with this kind of a household, take a couple steps mm-hmm. forward. And by the end of this if thing... If you never experienced this kind of thing, yeah. take a couple exactly. steps forward. Yeah. And by the end of this, though, they've got people who are like 15 steps ahead in a 20-step race. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Yeah. but, so uh, but The thing is, is that if you're going to do something in order to guide people to not be racist, one of the ways is not to attack or... Yeah. Well, uh, this is an attack on somebody's the not, color of somebody's skin. In this case, it's people being racist against whites. Right. It, it, is, it says that the course description made it clear that its goal was to guide people to be less white, help them understand what it means to be white, and challenge what it means to be racist. So oh. it's completely... Mm. But it's okay to be racist against white people. Right. Well, yeah, that's okay. Kind of what I was saying. Yeah. I, I've experienced all that kind of stuff. Once, yeah. they, once they heard the out, outcry about it. Um, I, I have they, outright, said, but, they said that they it had been farmed out to another company in order to set up this anti-racism training. And, and it mm. sounds like but they didn't, I have outright, they didn't go through the materials. Yes, to an extent, I can say, okay, fine. However, when you are doing something like that, you always check over the stuff when it comes back to you. So yeah, somebody somebody wasn't doing their job. Yeah, somebody. Well, yeah. Part of the problem yeah. is we we do have that mentality right now in our society. I have actually been outright told that because I am a white straight male, I cannot be oppressed against. I cannot experience oppression. I cannot experience racism. I can. I've, I've been told that by. Other people that I respect, I'm looking, I'm like, no, do you not understand that what you're doing, you're silencing my voice, which is oppression, because I have an opinion, I want to have a discussion, but you're saying, 
I don't matter. My voice doesn't matter because of the conditions of my birth. And yet you're justifying that and saying it, you're not oppressing people me. People do do that. You're not, they accuse no. white people of being essentially racist as soon as they're born, basically. Well, no, this wasn't accusing me of being racist. This was telling me that I I don't understand um, the, the racism at all. And that by them telling me I can't speak about it, they're not you know that? oppressing me. We, we, I cannot we do. suffer. Yeah, I it cannot... is, uh, uh, we, uh, you know, uh, we don't have the same experience uh, with uh, this kind of thing that a lot of people in uh, uh, other uh, uh, minority groups do. So, well, like, uh, that, okay. that is something we have to keep in mind. The, yeah. the conversation at hand, one of the things I was trying to get across is I can understand oppression. I have suffered forms of oppression. I, at no point did I claim I had suffered great oppression or have suffered systematic oppression or that I suffered more oppression than the other person. What I was saying was I have suffered levels of oppression. And when they were saying, oh, no, there's no way you could have. I'm like, well, OK, I'm an atheist. Oh, that doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, oh, here's the thing. Is that, OK, I, I think that I think that the, we, we get into trouble when we try because like I, 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 too, have been bullied. Right. And, and, and oppressed in certain ways. But but but. And, and and for me it was you know it, it it was it was awful but i think the point is that i think that what they're trying to make is that when you have a when you have a certain amount of privilege you're what, what you see what you know the the parts where you are you're not experiencing as much repression as, as some other and uh, i never other people claimed are. i was sure uh, and that's fine i mean that, that's where yeah. the problem came from if right. they were saying i can't I, i'm not allowed to express what i've been through because I don't know what they and the funny yeah, thing no, is some I, of these people I'm uh, that were doing it. You look at them, it's like, okay, have you been through worse than me? Well, but um, here's the thing: is that it's not okay. You, you can never compare the two, but you can use what what, no, what has I, happened I, to you for empathy, I don't believe right? In, that was the thing. I don't believe yeah. in comparing. I was upset about that because they were trying to make it sound like I. And the thing is, some of them were saying, "Well, I'm a woman. A hundred years ago, I wasn't allowed to do this." I'm like, okay, could you tell me? What, what you know? I'm, I'm not saying you don't, haven't suffered anything, but I want to know what you personally have suffered. Then, not a hundred yeah. years ago, sure. Because you know that that's uh, privilege yeah, in itself yeah. to say that um, what happened a hundred years ago, I can claim um, a a um, loophole card now and be able to treat you differently. It's like that's kind of exactly what you're saying. I shouldn't be allowed to, and I'm agreeing. Yeah. I shouldn't be allowed to do it, but I'm saying you shouldn't be allowed to do it either. Well, to to give you an idea of that I you know of course most of my family is Jewish right but I have no idea what 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 it would have been like to go through the Holocaust just because you know right. I had family members that were Jewish yeah and I'm uh, I'm half Indian uh, um, but uh, I have no special connection to uh, uh, Gandhi and like the protests against uh, uh, the British and all that sure yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. You guys know the cultural oppression that has happened, but neither of you sound to me like when they said, hey, look, I'm being oppressed because of what happened in past generations. You're, you're aware of what you go through and you're aware of the, the oppression that exists still towards your groups to some degree, but neither of you are busy proclaiming how horribly oppressed you are. No, right? no, 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 I'm yeah. not, no, because I'm not. But but what I, I guess I guess the pieces that I want to say is that be, just because I'm not as oppressed as some other people, I have experienced it throughout my life. And I can look back at that and and, and use that to be sympathetic, I, I would mm -hmm. hope. Right. And, and, right. And yeah. that, that's well, the only thing that I would hope that I can get from it. Where we uh, insert our story into that. Uh, We're sure. Yeah. Tell about it, yeah. 
Well, there's a, there's a time and a place for everybody to tell their story, and and sometimes when when we're talking about black racism, you know, black, you know, people being racist against blacks, it is is not a time is not a good time for white people to talk about the the oppression that they might be might be experiencing. Right, completely. Mm-hmm. No, well, I, 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 I could go into a whole discussion on how this began, sure. and how weird it got. And but but to get the, back the, the to get back to our story that. here, uh, Coca Cola. I mean, to, to get back to what we're talking about here, Coca Cola has clearly made a misstep, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what's what? What? Where do we go for with this from here? What? What has the company said? The company has said that it was farmed out. So, but but they we're didn't but we're saying okay, going on and they no, they put a stop to it then. Yeah, the still doesn't make Coke, yeah, it still doesn't make Coca-Cola look good. It's one of these things they should okay, have caught no, like, hey, you know? Right, but the reason get. the reason they tried yeah. to do this in the first place is because they realized they had a problem. Okay, so so they didn't right. address it appropriately. They they've made a misstep. Does, does that mean that does that mean that now we that that we boycott them forever because they made this misstep, or do we wait to see how, how what the next step is to rectify the problem? Well, I think that their next step in this case should be to put out a line of sodas that take out the caramel coloring, and uh, well, yeah, they they they, it, they have a product that. Call it Coca Cola Classic, oh, but you spell all three <laughs> words with a K. Oh. We're, we're talking about a company here that, that's telling people to be less white that has a product that they've made tons of money on that's I know. brown. I'm just saying that <laughs> they need to make reparations to <laughs> the white people now. Oh, God. <laughs> and they need to give us our, give us our un, untainted by color Coke. Oh, no. Uh, I'm, you know, Coca Cola Classic, all three words spelled with a K. I think that, uh, you know, nice white can with I'm drinking Coca Cola. So I, I, don't pronounce it the other way. I'm fine with the other way. Don't pronounce the actual letters. We don't do that. I'm fine with, you know, giving Coca Cola some shit over this because obviously the the, the management should have been more involved in, in what was going on here. You know, there's a, there's a, I think right now the biggest, one of the biggest sins that a lot of people commit is being tone deaf. Don't read, you're not reading the room. Sure. You're not seeing what's going on around you. And so you see something and you think, oh, gee, that seems like a good idea. And you're not thinking, does it really seem like a good idea? And then you're not thinking, how exactly is this going to come back and bite me? Yes. Yeah, what you know, that, that, whole phrase, that whole phrase that you just said right now, that's, uh, that's the title of the autobiogra- autobiography of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to come all... back and bite me in the ass? <laughs> no, like, the, the, whole, the whole thing, like uh, reading a room and uh, just uh, not uh, uh, reading it improperly and blah, 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 whatever, all that stuff you just said. <laughs> But one of the things within all this is everyone has their own biases. Even if um, we want to pretend we're not biased, everyone is biased. Absolutely. Everyone Unconscious enters bias. a thing like that with their biases intact, with yeah. their own experiences and stuff. And I, um, while there's no excuse for Coca-Cola missing it, I can understand a couple of people looking and saying, oh, yeah, that's fine. Because their own biases, their own experience and stuff, they look and say, oh, yeah, that's something that needs to be said kind of thing. Well, but don't you and think they that they should have taken the training first before 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 yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, all the rest that, that. Got, that, that, that the management should have taken it first? Because it's not like it's not like they don't have the same problems as the rest of the of the corporation, right? right? It starts at the I, top. I completely agree. I, I'm just thinking and, that management said, well, these guys seem like they're experts. I'm sure they know what they're doing. 
Right, but it was lazy, yeah, right? There's it, another thing here that might be interesting to think about because, like, we're we're going, we're talking a lot about this thing, but uh, when you think about it, this story is really just nothing because Coca-Cola, uh, they 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 like they like uh, realize, oh, this this was a mistake. They've uh, rolled back on it. There's actually no real harm done except for uh, some employees getting some confusing messages, and maybe they're going to try like a different way next time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right? Yeah, it is kind of nothing. You can't tell me there's no harm done because you haven't experienced what I've experienced. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go back to our podcast about the um, Court of Public Opinion. <laughs> you know, this is exactly the kind of thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just want to know what they're going to do next. I want to know, I want to know how they're going to yeah. correct the problem. But obviously, I mean, yeah. this this it was lazy to do it the way they did it. They they came out. They they went. And they bought a program somewhere else. They farm it out to a third party without reviewing it, and they didn't do it themselves. There's the first problem, right? If if you're expecting all your employees to go and take this sensitivity training or whatever whatever you're calling it, don't you think you should start at the top? You should take it first. Management should be the first ones to take this stuff. Yeah, mm. agree. Well, most likely. Most likely it was a group saying, hey, you guys are in charge of this. And they like, okay, whatever. And, you know, got kind of lazy. And then, well, they, didn't really have anyone double checking on them. You know, we see that at my company, right? I mean, uh, stuff gets yeah. so, stuff. But usually, though, when once a program comes out, right, everybody has to do it. And it includes it includes all the way to the top uh, in, in our company. Right. Plus, uh, the other thing is, is that they normally have a group to check it. Like you said, sure, the people yeah. who checked it may have been really lazy. However... Yeah there's specific direction that they need to have. There is also a possibility that they did not put a put any money into reviewing what was given to them and just assumed it would be okay. Yeah. The way so they, they were lazy or they were cheap. Well I th- I think so I think that right. I can see that I mean so now, so now they go through a whole bunch of um whole bunch of making sure to, you know, back off and tell the news this is what has happened and yeah. we're sorry etc cetera, etc cetera. sure um, however yeah, that would be a good idea um, to um to to uh put together um a group at least two people who are minorities but uh, possibly more to uh, look over the different sensitivity programs and decide which ones they think would best address uh, what they see the as the issues yes however the thing is minorities it not saying anything against minorities, but you should have minorities and not minorities looking it over because then you get a sense from more than one perspective. So, in in a large sure, yeah, company yeah, like it, this, it would be happy for uh, for not happy. It would be um, a thing for a white person to see how like uh, take the training and see how how this training makes them feel and what they think about it too. That's a part of the discussion. So. In a, in a large company like this, that they have, you know, they have the HR departments. They probably have a QHSE department, right? And and the, mm. those departments, and then and then of course, depending on you know how many sites they have, it probably gets farmed out to each site. I mean, probably that there there's multiple different communities doing this stuff. And one of the things I don't know by looking at this whether it was all of Coca Cola or if it was one site. Do do we know if if it was the site that implemented these things yeah, or if it was Coca-Cola. all of Coca Cola? Uh, they did. Uh... This one girl did a study, um, and she was a Coca-Cola employee, mm-hmm. and she said that people were actually brought into the sensitivity training right out of right to work itself. Okay. Um, 
and others did it online. Right, but that just, so, but what that doesn't tell me though is that what, if this was a site initiative or a, a whole or, or all of Coca Cola, right? Because like uh, mm, I'm not sure, Brian, 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 like like Coca Cola is a big in, Coca Cola is a big international company, so it couldn't have been like all of the Coca Cola divisions. Like maybe uh, maybe America wide. So in my company, uh, we we have stuff that will will be just North America, but we have other pieces that are all of my company that everybody so Brian, has to do. So in the article, they say the, the company admitted that, in effect, it invited its workers to take the course, but they clearly said it was not mandatory. Oh, well, that's so interesting, that's too. not a mandatory course to take. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. You okay. Know, I, we see a lot of this yeah. kinds of, we see a lot of these for kinds her, of sensitivity all the things. employees who love taking non-mandatory courses. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. That, it is kind of, that is kind of a strange thing. And typically, you know, in my company... We, we see, I mean, and, and I work for a fair, I work for a global company, right? Right. So we see, we see this stuff typically done by, you know, and it'll, it'll start in a pilot group at a small site. They'll test it. They'll see how it works before they roll it out to all the other sites. It's typically how you yeah. see this. So you'll, so you'll have a small group that, you know, that, that it's the, you know, that, that's probably, it's probably the QHSA team for the, for the local site with, that deals with, you know, that deals with the safety and, and that kind of stuff. And usually these kinds of sensitivity things are are, are, are part of that whole, you know, that, that, you know, keeping workers safe and healthy and, you know, and stuff like that. So the question that, that I really have is where did it start, right? Who thought this was a good idea? That, that That's where I would want to look. It's, it's hard to look at something like this and go, like you're saying, because this is, this is a, this is a, you know, that they're all over the world. So, mm-hmm. So it, it it's hard sounds to... like somebody could uh, could just basically have their own ideas and just make up a bunch of slides and start something like this. Absolutely. Uh, the point I'm getting at is it, it's hard to look at this and, and paint Coca-Cola with that broader brush because we, we really do not know if this was one site, two sites, North America. Canada. I mean, how how much information do we really have to, to judge we this by? We don't have an awful lot of information on it. We we don't, or All we do. We have is yeah. the what we have here some and quite a few other uh, major magazines and on the news and everything explaining it, mm. um, and a lot of people online being offended by the concept, including. Minorities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, like I said, this is basically just nothing. Nothing's yeah. gonna come of it. Coca-Cola has walked it back. They're gonna choose something else. It's like well, a, it's basically a non-story, and people get people are getting yeah, people are people are getting like uh, uh, really offended by the racism of it. When it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it was inappropriate. It was inapp- what, yeah. what happened there, but. But is it worse to do you know, nothing? Like, is it is it is it worse to to ignore the problem, or is it worse to try something and have a misstep? Right. Well, I mean, we, yeah. we can't actually, we can't punish him for both. I think you're right on that, Brian. I think you're wor- you're worse to actually ignore it. To yeah. try something, even if it goes badly, at least means that you're trying something. And that's my point here: is that it could, that somebody tried something, it, it it didn't, it wasn't quite right. It looks like they've acknowledged it. They're going to try something else. At least they're trying. Right and not ignoring the problem and and so in in some ways this is this is this kind of and yeah and Dumbass is ultimately right it's a nothing story right yeah, yeah. by the way Brian yeah. I think this would be a really good 
Brian, I think this would be a really good opportunity for you to apologize for your insensitive speech. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, be be specific. You described the company you work for as being a global company. That is hate speech to some of our flat earth (laughs) listeners. (laughs) We're definitely in the age of nothing short, though. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not gonna. I, I I'm gonna stand my ground and not apologize to pseudoscientists. Actually, I'm quite amused with how far this this has gone with us. Because yeah. to me, it was just amusing that this has happened, mm-hmm. and Coca Cola is dealing with it at this point. Um, there are people who have you know said they're gone to Pepsi. There's people who have said that they're going to quit working for Coca Cola because of what was done and everything. But as uh, Dumbass said, it's not really going to go far. Coca-Cola is going to do something, some kind of campaign to make people feel better in the company and outside of the company. Whatever. So it's going to be dealt with. I have a different look. I I still have a different look at this. I I see a company trying to do something, right? And making a misstep. I I, I don't, I mean, in... And we can hold them accountable for their misstep, but it doesn't make the whole company bad. What makes the whole company bad is is, is them peddling, you know, their their white sugar and poisoning all of the world. <laughs> oh, come on now! <laughs> it's a no. fizzy drinks are great, and and, and I'm not going to stop you know, drinking Coca Cola. If, if there was actually sugar in Coca Cola products, I might agree. With you. Oh. But it is actually uh, high fructose corn oh, syrup almost, almost all the way across the board. Yeah, yeah that's well, sugar. You know, high fructose corn syrup isn't really all that high in fructose. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, right? That That's kind of funny, too. It's sugar. It is sugar. It's refined it's sugars. Sugar, yeah. That, you know, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's going to be dealt with. It is being dealt with. Yeah. And they will have some repercussions. Simple yeah. as that. All right, Mac. Yeah, I told you you could you finish up. You want to know what I want to talk about I, next Yep, yep that's right. I want to ask you the very important question of why the CIA would bother trying to create robot drones in order to monitor people when they could just train spinach to do it. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely listening. Okay. So uh, MIT, engineers at MIT have, through a process known as plant nanobionics, they have managed to transform spinach into sensors capable of detecting explosive materials. And the the spinach can then wirelessly relay what it detects back to the scientists. So what kind of information are they getting? They're detecting the presence of nitroaromatics in groundwater. Okay. Uh, it's It's a compound often found in explosives like lamp. Um, when it detects that the carbon nanotubes inside the plant leaves emit a signal. The signal is then read by an infrared camera, sending an email alert to the scientists. So basically, they have engineered spinach to alert in the presence of some compounds. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and what, what, the, what did they engineer them to do when they sensed the presence of zombies? <laughs> Well, I don't know what I don't know if zombies contain nitro aromatics. It's a good question. Can you eat the spinach, or is it just for? I know that plants are the natural enemies of zombies. So, (laughs) well, I don't think that they've made it inedible spinach. They've just simply given it a new ability. Right, but I mean, all the spinach that they've grown does this go to market when they're done with it, or or can it not because of because of what they've done to it? 
it doesn't say. Yeah. Uh, all it says is that because the spinach is constantly sound sampling groundwater and is constantly bringing water up into the leaves, that it's very good at sampling water. Okay, interesting. Um, but no, it doesn't say it wasn't. It doesn't say whether they're still edible or not. I want my spinach chemical free anyway. They say that plants are very good analytical chemists. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they fill the plant the they full of dihydrogen Brano. monoxide. Well, I don't want dihydrogen monoxide in my plants. <laughs> let, let, let's let Maggot speak. I'm sorry. The plants have an extensive root network in the soil, are constantly sampling the groundwater, and have a way to self-power and transport of the water up into the leaves. This is a novel demonstration of how we have overcome the plant-human communication barrier, says, or adds. The plant-human so, communication barrier. Well, the simple thing is, is that the plants do, basically what they're doing is just taking information that they found. A, they're um, rooting they, out that information, you could say. Yeah, it's just they found through the nanotechnology itself that what the spinach senses and that they detect things. This they can use for many other things, many other um, projects in which they need information. Um, they just know how to find that information now. They also uh, talk about further down in the article about having converted spinach into carbon nanosheets. This is a different university. This is the American University. Um, carbon nanosheets, which makes metal air batteries and fuel efficient, fuel cells more efficient. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now, any any talk of uh, uh, infusing it into uh, certain uh, individuals uh, of the sailor variety gives them an extra boost of power and energy. I am what I am, and that's all what I am. I had that thought, <laughs> but no. I, the other thing I was thinking is, you know, why why bother? giving these bird drones um, nuclear batteries when you could just give them spinach-based technology instead. Mm, that's a good one. All right. It, it is kind of fascinating. And, and I love this. Scientists have taught spinach to send emails. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I have coworkers you know, that can't send emails. Is I want to go back to the birds aren't real site in two weeks and see how much of the stuff from this podcast they've added in there. Because <laughs> I think I put forth some pretty good conspiracy ideas there. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can play the conspiracy game. They, I don't know if they need any help. That site's pretty elaborate already. <laughs> that consists yeah. of yeah. someone actually listening to our podcast, Mac. <laughs> Is right. it because we have uh, because we have birds spying in the room? <laughs> That's true. We got we, we. I mean, between Mac and I, we we know we're being spied on, spied on by robot birds. Yep. I'm just being spied on by my cats. They're sending information to the mothership. I don't think cats are real I, either. I guess the question that I I go back to though is, how much less efficient is it to make a drone recording device when you've already got a you've already got a, a certain types of birds can be a recording device and repeat back information just naturally you know i still get random conversations from your house every time apollo gets bored (laughs) and i mean whole conversations he'll be back and forth between you and jen or he'll say stuff the kids have said 
Well, mm-hmm. we don't need birds to spy on us because every damn one of us is carrying a cell phone anyway. Yeah. That's true. Plus, we have camcorders and our laptops and who knows what else that is. Yeah. You know, it's possible that those cell phones we're carrying are actually capable of turning into those bird drones if you put them oh, in airplane mode. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. All right. And with that disappointment, we should say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. By the way, sorry, they just explained the thing from the beginning. That is another avian drone in the cast. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.